This podcast is part of the Frederick Podcast Network. Learn more at listenfrederick.com. At the Big Sci-Fi, we all grew up with a lot of the science fiction we talk about on the show. But what about the newer, younger generation? What do they think of all this old-to-them stuff? I frequently mention my oldest kiddo on the show, Frank, and how I drag him to stuff or make him watch stuff. So we've wondered, what does he really think about this? And can we maybe use him as a proxy to help us understand his generation? Now, I want everyone to know that what Frank says are his own thoughts. We spent some time prepping for this, but only in the sense that he knows what we're going to ask about. He knows he is free to say whatever he wants, including that he might not like and appreciate the things we love. He can even hate it. That's okay. Frank knows that whatever he says, he has my unconditional love forever. And if he does diss my beloved Star Trek or Star Wars or anything, and I act all shocked and outraged, it is all an act on my part. Maybe one of the tears will be real, but still, unconditional love for my kids is what I have. Hope you enjoy learning. What does Frank think? Okay, I'm very excited right now because, Frank, I get to ask you about one of my favorite movies of all time, The Wrath of Khan. What did you think of The Wrath of Khan overall? Um, I liked it. I know there was a bit of context missing because I didn't see the actual episode with Khan, but I still liked it. Yeah, did you feel like you needed more context with the original episode? I mean, it was the context was kind of simple. Guy got stranded on planet. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. you're right because smart guy got stranded on planet. <laughs> Ultra yeah. smart guy. Ultra and, smart guy. And I, stranded. I don't know if that's he was exiled. Placed. He's a bad upon. guy. Put there. He's put there. Yeah, yeah. he was put there. But that, but that's cool because stranded and like maybe it was an accident. You know, it was accident. Someone can strand someone else. I'm gonna go in Frank's defense. So I think stranded is good because Kirk left him there. No one ever came <laughs> back to check on he, him. That's why he was mad. That's like the entire reason. Exactly. So but, I, I think was, Frank's word is is appropriate. But he was left there because he was a bad guy because he tried to kill Kirk and take over a ship. So you need you need but, we need to watch she was, she was stranded there. He's right. But but it's funny because like I I'm not getting in the middle of that. I also like I've watched this movie my entire life, but it was only maybe in like high school when I saw the original episode. Up to that point, I had only watched it without the episode. And I felt like I think Frank's right. It's pretty simple to understand. He's there, he's on the planet, he's angry that Kirk never bothered to check on him. Um but what I always find funny, did you I guess you'd have to go back and see the episode, but he is pretty hyped about being there at the beginning. He's like, yeah, you know, I'd rather rule there. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, but I love this whole, was he stranded or was he marooned there? Um, which is, he was stranded. I love that. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, so we're, did you? We're going to watch this really. So we're going to watch Spacey really I, soon. Okay. Oh, cool. so he, so, also, it has the best line by Dr. You know, delivered by Dr. McCoy ever. Well, it does choke me or cut my throat. Make up your mind. <laughs> That's his coolest line. I still think, uh, gosh darn computer program, computer console is the best, uh, is the best line. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, but yes, but you're right. The the throat, the uh, you should kill, or I can't mm-hmm. remember. You do the line. 
Adida. Well, either choke me or slit my throat, make up your mind. And then so it was cool. like, it'll be most effective if you cut the carotid artery. Or, and I might not have gotten it perfect. But. No, you did really Sorry. good, Adina, from memory. That That's, as I recall, that's about the whole sequence. Yeah. And it's done beautifully because basically McCoy is calling his bluff, like saying, do something, you know, you're not going to kill me. So yeah. leave me, you know, let me go. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, could you, you guys... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Could you guys hear the Alexa in the background? Because I have programmed her to respond to computers. So now when I say it, <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. It's so cool. But hello, computer. Oh, but you got <laughs> headphones on. You can't hear it. They can't hear yeah. us. No. no. Something. I can, I can unplug it. I thought the, the first most contact. expensive sushi in town for Chris. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Yes. Oh, I'm down. But Frank, did you have a favorite part in the in the movie? Hmm. I okay. I have a. It's not. It's a. Okay, I have a part that I don't know how to describe it. It's like. Okay, I'll just say it's my favorite. It's when like, um. Khan like puts those weird bug oh, yeah. thingies <laughs> right. into their ears. They're pets. Oh, Captain, they They're put pets. animals in our ears. It's it's creepy, but I I like it. That's cool because that used to scare. Me. I remember like I felt like like I was like I was a full adult when I could watch that scene and not get scared because I as a kid didn't like it. So kudos was- to you for for enjoying that scene. I- I know people that will not watch Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan because of that scene. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're pets. Not entirely domesticated. <laughs> exactly. That's perfect. That's actually the lot. And and we're not getting the, we're getting Yeah, I know. We're not entirely domesticated. We're not domestic that that was his, you know. That was his line. Okay. This oh, is good because we're getting theater from Adina yeah, as yeah. well. We're not just yeah. learning what Frank thinks. We're getting a bunch of theater from Adina. This is great. Okay. I, I'm not an actor. Just you know, I, I don't play one on TV. But you know something? <laughs> that sequence with the earbud, mm-hmm. when we were kids, we used to scare each other by saying there was a certain bug that had little pinchers in the back and it would crawl in your ear. Oh, those little so the silver fish. Yeah, like that. And yeah, so we used to used to terrify and terrorize each other by saying, oh, yeah, it's going to crawl. If you go camping, they crawl in your ear. And so I think I really think that they based that whole sequence in the film on, a, you know, on an urban myth. We that, call we call there's there's a little bug called earwigs. Yes, oh, the one. Is that what you're talking that's about? Okay. Yes, yeah, exactly. we've got those here in Ohio. And uh-huh. that's what I think of every time is, ooh, what if that was a little bit bigger and would crawl inside my body? And ooh. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. I'm going to call them the earbugs for right now. Oh, Does yes. anyone know what they're actually called? Oh, the, they're called this. I thought they were just called like City Alpha Eels or something. Yeah. Something like that. It's but the only indigenous creature Indigenous. of this planet. They're young, enter through the ear and wrap around the brainstem. Yeah. As they cortex. Oh, you're right. Which causes suggestibility or something like that. Yes. I was going to ask a question, Frank. But when it crawled out of Chekhov's ear, did that seem kind of strange in the storyline? Because the way that Khan talked about them, they never left you. Yeah. <clears throat> I always, that's one of the little things when I know they wanted to get 
check off back to normal. But I just, it's one of the little things going, no, it, it, why would it have left his ear? That's two, always a two things were kind of okay. weird in that scene. Mm-hmm. One, if I don't remember his name, if that guy hadn't shot himself, you've been fine. Uh, ah, good question. Yes. Would he, would it, would it, like, I think so because you can hear it. You're right because you can hear the, the noise like it's coming through the ear. But I always suspected that it's because Chekhov was so loyal to Kirk that he just fundamentally couldn't do it. His body just expelled it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just seems like one of those things that, okay, he's Chekhov. He has so much loyalty to Kirk that he can't possibly do it. Whereas yeah, you just answered the question. Thank you. Yes. I'll accept that. Like, I'll accept oh, it for full points, not just half points. Full points. Now, did you notice any other kind of like were there any other aspects of the of the movie that you're like, I don't see how that's possible, or like things that didn't make sense to you plot wise? Just a small one. How does like Kurt just pinpoint like perfectly snipe it from like how many feet away? Like five? Oh, oh yeah, that's a good part. Uh, good point. Exactly. The... He's, that Kirk. Good? He's Kirk. He's Captain Kirk. He's like a. He's he perfect. Admiral, he's always legend? right. Yeah, he's a legend. Isn't he admiral? Well, yeah, yes, yeah. he was to start <laughs> the film. He was an admiral. So Frank is correct. Yes, he's Admiral Kirk. Admiral Kirk. Admiral Kirk. Okay, Frank, do you have a line that you can quote? <laughs> if we, if we, sorry, Chris, if we ever do a reenactment. Adina's got con down. She's gonna have to be our con if we ever do I, this. But, but I, I want to be McCoy. Can I be the, McCoy and con? Okay. Can you be That's McCoy? Cool. Can I be con? Because I can okay. do the. We are one big happy fleet, ah, Kirk. I want to do that. <laughs> but Frank, uh, Frank, did you have a line that you could that you really liked or that you want to be able to quote perfectly, like the way we're trying to do it? Just one. Probably. Word. Like the extreme suggestibility one, because oh, that's a good one. Makes me sound smart. Yes, <laughs> around the cerebral cortex. Yes, now I'm smarter. Yes, when you mention brain parts, brain parts, brain yeah. parts yeah. make you sound smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still logical. think of of that when I hear the cerebral cortex because that's where I first heard about it was that speech. So I can't not think about it. So yeah, if you master that speech, you can sound really impressive. Mm-hmm. Or you can just, when anyone frustrates you, Frank, beyond belief, and you are so angry, you only have to yell, Kah! and people get and you it. You feel so much better afterwards. Yeah. So, so getting a pillow. I have a question because <laughs> we, so I took him to see it at the 40th anniversary. Um, but yeah. I think over life, he's probably seen it a couple of times, but maybe a month or so before the 40th anniversary, I was wearing my Kobayashi Maru shirt and he asked about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I made Frank, we, we just watched the key scene. So you, we watched the first few minutes of the movie uh, to understand that. And then came back to when, when Savick was asking about, about it so we watched some stuff so my question is just what do you think about the kobayashi maru i think it's like a i think they should actually make it like passable like hard to pass but passable but that's the but the point is it's not that that's the point of the test so how can you make a path you know if the test the point of the test is not passable but to see how you react then you can't make a passable test. The Kirk did. Well, no, no. He well, he changed he the conditions. Of he the made test it passable for him. 
not in general. Okay. <laughs> Got <laughs> But I kind of, I, I understand, Adina, you're right. Because the point of the test is to see how you deal with the failure. But Frank has a point. It's like, isn't there a point when people are just like, well, you can't pass it. So why even take it? Like, why waste all this time and equipment on a test that you can't possibly you can't win. And See then Kirk doesn't even that. learn the lesson right. from the test because he cheats from it. And he only learns the lesson in this movie. Which is the irony so, of it, I think, yeah. for this film. And one of the great, you know, we, we have the incredibly fun scenes on the Genesis planet where he's eating the apple. and he's, I love it. You realize it. days were actually hours and hours were minutes, whatever, you know. And, uh, I don't like to lose. And he's got, he's got that, you know, he's going to cheat death again. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have a way out of this situation. And that's, I think that makes the end scene at the movie with Spock in the chamber dying all the more powerful. That was a beautiful setup to like, here we go. Here's Captain Kirk. Now for the first time, Kirk has lost for real something that he can't get back. And then there was the search for Spock, but get it back. right. I just think, I think, I think that's, you know, for storytelling, that was beautiful. Oh, yeah. I think but, storytelling wise, you're right. It's absolutely perfect. It makes sense. It fits the story. But from a practicality, I think Frank has a point. Like, what is the actual point if no one can possibly pass, pass the test? And why are they all still doing that? Like, this is this thing gets damaged repeatedly. I think every day it gets destroyed uh, or something they, like that. Why'd they give Kirk, like, they're giving him, like, Congratulations, you cheated. Like, That's a good point. Well, Frank. well, it's uh, the given I, he had, you know, that he was the first person to kind of think outside the box, you know, that whole original thinking. So, so the idea is because you're going to go into some scenarios, you know, so in in real life, in their real life, so they they graduate from the academy, they yeah. go off, they become a captain, a commander, or whatever, and they're going to face some scenarios that they've never faced before that possibly they can't get out of. And so uh, knowing, because again, we want them to get, you know, could have got out of him. Starfleet wants them to get out of him. So how they handle themselves with the possibility that they're not going to get out is important. Well, so one thing they're not going to get out, they're going to die. Well, but you don't know. But the thing is, they might go go into a real life scenario thinking that, oh gosh, this is the no one scenario, but maybe I, I, maybe like that thought that it is a no one scenario could be, detrimental so if they believe they can do something i don't know i'm i'm wrapping i'm um well, if they're I, taught I don't train a thought if they're taught that like okay the kobayashi Mamoru, it like can't win it. it you have to fail it then they go into an actual scenario mm-hmm. like then they're gonna think oh i can't win it i'm gonna fail it And And that's how they were taught. So they're not going to think anyway else. Well, the thing that still kind of gets me is like (laughs) how, you know, so Savick acts like she didn't know this was a no win scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, how, you know, that doesn't seem possible. Can I, can I I bring it to a real world situation in in that, Adina, you know, that whenever astronauts are training for a particular mission, either to performing on the ISS or on the, the space shuttle missions or even the Apollo missions, they were thrown curves in their training process mm-hmm. to be prepared for something going wrong with their equipment, the something going wrong with it. So think of that as a Kobayashi Maru, 
where they are going to throw the unknown at them to see if they can handle the unknown well, and if they can but, solve the problem. If they can't, at least it's happening in a simulator, but not in real life. But it's but a solvable a, problem, right? Yeah, well, they well would not, we it. don't know. I mean, that's the thing is when we throw unknowns, you know, for, for training purposes, mm-hmm. uh, we like to believe that all of those are solvable problems, you know. But what if they're not? Well, and it, it, they could, right. But no, we're not. With the Kobayashi Maru, they're deliberately testing them in a way that, yeah, there is no way to win. Mm-hmm. How are you? Here's out. here's a way to, that <laughs> might help us understand this, Frank, is that and we see this played out in all sorts of drama, not just science fiction, but we see it in Star Trek, too, where um, the captain talks about the trauma or how hard it how much it hurts their heart to have to send a crewmate to go fix something in a certain part of the ship. Oftentimes it's engineering or in a Jeffrey's tube or somewhere, knowing that that person's success may cost them their life. And so what this test is doing is seeing how these people can make hard decisions too and how they'll react emotionally to that and how they'll still make decisions they have to make because that's the hardest thing to do right is to send somebody off for the to save the ship to save everybody else but they have to lay down their life that's a super hard decision for a commander to make and that's one way i view the kobayashi maru too i i agree but tng did a better version of that test when troy Troy, where she was like has to she was forced into a situation where she had to order jordy to his death to save the ship See, that seems practical. That's a lesson you're learning. Okay, sometimes you have to make the big call to do it, but, but it just it, seems like the Kobayashi Maru, there's no option to. Well, to what do does that. Frank well, think about that? We're all offering experience. Okay. That's right. What does Frank think? What does Frank yeah, think? Yes. Not Brian or Chris or Steve. <laughs> but what is, and I think, Frank, what do you think? Speaking of the Kobayashi Maru, like in a I can't remember the name of it. Star Trek that was like new Star Trek Project. Oh. I liked how he like tried tirelessly to finish the Kobayashi to like complete the Kobayashi Maru, but like every time he just failed. Mm. And then eventually I remember that. Do I have to read oh I remember when they were doing the time warp one and they had to do all the Okay, I gotta. I guess I gotta go back and watch Prodigy. I think he's. Is that first season Prodigy? Oh, yeah, I think that's. Yeah, that's first season. That's I the one where they bring back like Odo, even and all those classic characters. That's a good episode. I go back and watch that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder. I think Frankie might be onto something. That is like this idea that everybody knows you can't fail it, except maybe you can beat it, and it's what like. There's because like his attitude in that episode is like he knows that he can't win it, or he's being told that he can't possibly win it, but he keeps trying because he's he's convinced he can. So is it like you take well, no, that he mentality? Was, he was only told at the he never oh knew, he never knew you're right that he was only told at the end that the Kobayashi Maru is a no win scenario. He was only told at the that's end. Oh yes, okay, you're right. Yeah. And that's the Deanna Troy at that one. She was never told that was a Kobayashi Maru. It was. It was a version of Was it really? I don't think it was a version because like there was a solution. I don't remember that. I don't I I need to go back and watch it. 
the solution again the no win it was still a no win scenario like a win scenario you don't order your colleague to his death so right but you still it, save the ship but i think no win is I, like the way I, they describe no win is like your ship gets destroyed everybody's no, dead I don't, no 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 i don't think so oh. at all. no win is you're supposed to the win is you're supposed to get everyone out alive because like again in the kobayashi maru at the beginning oh my god we should we need okay, to talk about this because in a whole other episode because yes because like, like, I, yes I the problem but the problem is Kirk <laughs> loses so many people in the in the series. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, I didn't Frank's, really know them personally. Frank's and, learning Frank a lesson to, in our tangent. Yes. Part of our and you're getting a really good lesson into can I, <laughs> podcasting can I world with our tangents. Can I go back to something that Frank did bring up? <laughs> yes. He brought up the fact that Kirk was commended for having cheated the Kobayashi Maru. But have you let Frank watch? Star Trek 2009 yet the very first of the JJ films um I don't know if he's watching I mean I I don't think I've either let him or not let him it's just okay. what it was it on and you know was I re-watching and him around so I don't you'll watch that you'll watch that when you do Frank and you'll see that Kirk does not get the accolades he's but that's punished. again that's, different you know kelvin timeline <clears throat> yes it's a different right. version of it yeah but but that's right. where you have a different version of yeah. the same event hmm. but a different outcome as so frank's was... homework list is getting longer and longer see i always assume that <laughs> i always assume that kirk also got disciplined in the main timeline but it was just eventually they were like okay you know what we actually like what you did well, but there was like a bit of a wait between when he did it. And then they're like, well, we're going to have to review your, we're going to suspend yeah. you. We're going to review yeah. it. Then we'll get back to you. That's possible. Yeah. We don't, we, yeah. we don't know. I just, yeah. I, just, I just realized something guys. We, I, I, I have been picking my teeth with a toothpick throughout this portion. And I forgot we're videoing, not we're just video. audio. I can do that when we're just recording. So that being said, I think we should uh, end this uh, portion of what does Frank think so that I can sulk and get over being embarrassed that everyone's going to see me pick my teeth with the toothpick. All right. Okay. All right. Just, just <laughs> now you're making me want now. Do, do you have any <laughs> last words, Frank, What before that you wanted to add about Wrath of Khan? I don't think so, but we should do an entire one just like just Kobayashi Maru. I mean, I agree. That's I like that. Pretty sure idea. more than half of this was <laughs> Kobayashi Maru. But that's the whole basis of the movie of All right. dealing with loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.